What's up, everyone? Welcome into Sporting 160 EN. Got a, uh, a mix-up today. Uh, I'll be your host. Uh, not the craziest occurrence. I think it's happened a couple times in the past. But uh, I'll pass it off to uh, the first guest on our panel today. we got a full house. Uh, Sam, what's going on, Sam? I'm not bad. Um, London, well, I'll say London. England is back on lockdown as of today, as it just happened. Oh. So um not looking forward to the next month but everyone's healthy so it's all good you know and sporting are playing well can't ask for more nice nice i mean not nice to hear that but uh yeah i guess uh settle in again man i, I feel <laughs> like we're we're lagging a little bit behind you like last time so um, yeah. i don't know if we'll go full lockdown again but <laughs> nando what's up man hey what's going on guys uh Everything going on crazy in the United States right now. It's good to talk Spartan a little bit. Um, I'm going to be the first one to say it, though. We're in first place, baby. Hey, I have to. I have to enjoy it. I have to celebrate it. So in first place, give me my one round. I'm happy with it. Let's go on with the show, but I'm excited. <laughs> we are. Uh, isolated Isolated leaders for a week for the first time uh, since uh, 15 or three, three seasons, right? 16 four seasons almost four seasons 50 or 16 17 or 15 16 anyways steph what's going on man final member of the panel uh not much i'm excited to uh do another podcast so let's get it on and we have a lot to talk about cool yeah so let's start out with our twitter questions we have a couple um so first one comes from abdallah uh, after life is back, I suggest organize a gathering in Portugal to go and watch a sporting in action. It'd be my first time, uh, but with everyone, it would be special. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, I, I mean, it, definitely us all being able to go to Portugal again definitely coincides with people being allowed into stadiums again. So we're going to have to do that first before we can go. But I mean... Imagine, uh, imagine we all link up in May. Uh, I'm 100 percent Say less. <laughs> uh, next question uh, coming in from at Carlos Ten Almeida. Uh, do you agree? Pot is a ridiculous name for a football player. In English, <laughs> sounds even worse. Why do we call Pedro uh, our best player so far? His name is Pedro Gonzalez. Hashtag Pot Ucoradio. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, that's his nickname since since he uh, started playing uh, uh, soccer back in Portugal, and uh, it stuck with him. But Pot in Portugal, it's not a, an, anything malicious. <laughs> I mean, in, in in English, it does sound funny, you know, Pot. If you want to take off the the e. Uh, it's even more malicious, uh, but or you know, it could just be like something that goes in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it could be hot. Yeah, uh, it could be little things, but you know, in, in the Portuguese language, there's no maliciousness. So I, don't, I, I think Any, it's a cool nickname, actually. So I, I like anyone, it. Anyone else have any uh, commentary on pot? I, I like the nickname personally. It's, it's <laughs> short, 
sweet and it's easy to remember. I, I, I yeah. can't argue I'm, with I'm it. I'm a fan. I like it. Yeah. I, uh, for me, I like it because sometimes if I'm like tweeting something and I'm like listing a bunch of names and I'm short on characters, I could just cut to pot, save so many characters from like Gonçalves or even Pedro Gonçalves. So yeah, I, I'm all in on pot. Well, Flippy, well, Flippy is saying cause is a, is a pot of gold. True. Uh, true. Yeah. I like that. Uh, thank you for the new phone background, by the way. I guess, Sam, is that you taking care of guys' phone backgrounds here? I think, I think that was Danny. Uh, Danny, Danny, man yeah. of the people, getting people phone backgrounds. Uh, from <laughs> M underscore Freitas 18. Uh, wonder if we can get Bruno Carvalho on the pod one day. Uh, yeah, us too, us too. Uh, that would be awesome. The DM has been sent. We are just waiting. Yeah, he left yeah, us yeah. on stage. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe <laughs> one day. Uh, another question coming in from Creator90. The O in Creator is a zero. Uh, here's the question. Is your opinion of Amburin changing after these first six games? If he continues to lead us through a title run and gets us in the group stage of Champions League, would that end up justifying the price we paid for him? Uh, Sam, what do you think about that? I, I don't want to undermine you at all, Chris, but I think the biggest critic, no offense, of um, Amorim and Vrandis was Nando at the start. So I'm interested to hear what, what Nando said <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so far, no. You know, being well, the well, player, in, the question is, is in theory, if that happened, okay, so. In the, so I think it was a two-part question, right? In theory, if we, <clears throat> excuse me, get a... I, I, get, I guess by title run, does title run mean we make a title run, but then eventually finish second and get in the group stage? I think that's what he means. Mm-hmm. So it's close, but we eventually lose out, but still get the group stage. And does the second place going into next year give us... Automatic, automatic? group stage, yes. Okay. So that'd be $40 million instantly <laughs> in their pocket. That's that's an interesting question. Um. I mean, I would have to really see how far of this title run we have because if this is a – in sporting's merit, in other words, if we ourselves continue to perform and get results and we just so happen to blow it at the end or is it that we have another season in which Porto and Befica are struggling and we just so happen to be roughly the better or somewhat decent, uh, you know, third play, you know, third big that makes that run, you know what I mean? Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, like I the, the manner of how it's close. Like it, if, if the question was, if Ruben Amorim wins us the league title, then I'll be the first one to say it. He did his job and exceeded those expectations. Um, and I think that we all would probably say yeah, that the minimum, or not even the minimum, the number one realistic expectation is going to be what? To get a Champions League berth, make those $40 million, and start building from there, right? So depend because of their question, I would say it really depends on how we would achieve that run and then hypothetical Champions League spot. And then in that case, I could probably say that he may have been worth it. I mean, just financially, if we paid what we pay and we haven't even paid it yet, and where we'd get back. We'd so be able to then, though, right? We would, have, we, we would <laughs> afford to be able to pay for our coach, yes. Yeah. So it really <laughs> depends, man. I got you. I got you. Um. And so final question comes in from our very own at Danny Saldana underscore plain and simple. Are we serious contenders? Uh, Steph, 
I'll give that to one to you first. I'll give that one to everyone. Uh, uh, the sport thing is, is always a contender, uh, no matter what. Um, from the get-go, it's always the, the big three teams. Now, with that said, uh, the favorites to win the Portuguese league, it's uh, Football Club Porto and Sport Lisboa e Benfica. Um, we we kind of the outsiders because they considered them to have a better team, and I do too, actually, on a personal basis. Uh, uh, but football is football. Uh, nothing is uh, impossible. We have a, a good defender, the, the defense. We have a a very experienced goalkeeper, uh, three great center backs, net full of experience, Kwas full of experience, and Fidal full of experience. And if you see how Ruben Amorim is thinking about it, he's giving all the experience in the back defense, and then up front, it's all the youth. Uh, and then we have an outstanding player like Pelinha with Joe Mario, which we'll talk about in more detail. What a what a duel together. So uh, I'm not going to say I was sporting out of the race, but we kind of the outsider uh, just because we haven't won the league in such a long time. And uh, Benfica and Sporting, they did get some awesome players. Uh, but let's see what happens, you know. Let's see what happens. That's all I'm saying. But are we uh, in the in the race for the title? It's too soon to tell. But we're doing our part. We're doing our job. So if we win all, all the small games, uh, so-called the small teams, and we tie like we did against Porto and against Benfica, and I even throw in Black in the mix because they ha they do have a pretty good team, I think we have a shot. But it's too early. So I'm excited to be in first place, but it's way too early. Way too early. Nando, are we serious contenders? No. Um, I think Steph mentioned a lot of what could come of good of this weird spot that Sporting's in. We are a very overlooked team because we're so young and because we didn't get the kind of, uh, of uh, you know, reinforcements that Porto Befica brought in, right? We didn't get those reinforcements, those big names. Our biggest name is probably... João Mario, and then everything else is young from the academy, right? So a lot of teams are going to underestimate Sporting going forward, and I think Porto and Befica are going to underestimate. Maybe they're going to stop underestimating because we are in first place right now. Um, but again, Befica, if they had taken care of business, they would have been in first place. So I kind of overlooked that. Um, but we're in an interesting spot because I don't see us being a serious contender. But if we go into the winter, right, that all Spartanistas dread because we hit that mark, always in stride or if we are in stride at that mark then we fall off starting off buyers or sellers at the deadline exactly <laughs> are we buyers or are we sellers and if sporting is an if we're too we good though we still might just be sellers anyways though which is right. the unfortunate exactly. part we, we very well might be i think we're in that unique spot though because with a young team hypothetically going to winter let's say first second place uh, an actual contender right you have to start getting creative and strategic with where and who you bring in. Like the year the Sporting uh, ended that 18-year drought, we brought in Mapenza, we brought in Cesar Prats, we brought in all these guys that changed the rest of that, that season and brought us the title. Um, but I don't think we're serious contenders. I think we're still a long ways away from being that. But we are... I think this is the perfect spot for us, given the talent and given the youngness of our group, I should say. I think it's good that we sit and we ride this kind of like, uh, you know, the coattails 
of the of the favorites, like Steph said, the Portos and the Befikas that invested, especially Befika, um, let them kind of maybe get stressed out and overwhelmed, and then let's see how far we go. Yeah, I'm sure they're happy to cede uh, front runner status to Sporting, but they shouldn't they shouldn't buy into that at all. And I don't think that they have. Amorim has been clear. Like I don't think that I don't think that they're they're concerned about that. They're just they're just playing games right now, and it's really too early. The tabulations don't really even matter that much um, this early. But I mean, it, it, but they're showing promising signs, and um, you know, yeah, like you said, being proving to be a dangerous outsider um, is kind of like the perfect position to be in uh, right now. Sam, what do you think? Are we serious contenders? Uh, I agree with everything um, everyone's had to say, but I do think that we do have a slight advantage just due to the fact we don't have the European competition. I know it's obviously we'd all prefer to be there, but when you think, especially because of COVID, it's, it literally seems like every other week there's a Champions League game, and with Champions League game, there's international breaks, which, to be honest, we can both see that a lot of sporting players won't be making their international teams, but such as Benfica and Porto might. But for me, it's a long season, and we have that we have the the breaks that Benfica and Porto don't. So for me, I think we we're not the favourites. I still put Benfica up there just due to the amount of money they spent. But we should be definitely up there um, come the end of the season. Hopefully, second place. But obviously, I'm pushing for first. But I don't want to be too confident, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't want, definitely don't want to be too confident. Um, definitely not something that we've really that, had to that, worry that, about. Be a position that to point be made in. by Sam. The the European competition that's so important and so easily also overlooked. Though. Just sheer people not being tired and that pressure that Porto Befica are both going to have because Befica is going to have the pressure of trying to perform better than they have in the last Europa Leagues, which what they lost in the finals, right? And Befica is completely disappointed from not making the Champions League. So they have to make a run, in my opinion, to satisfy fan votes and um, just sheer money spent. Uh, Porto is in the Champions League. They have to perform well. And then if they go to Europa League, they're still dealing with that. That's pressure and being tired. With that as well, just to add on to that, you have to remember that we have quite a young team, whereas Benfica, their two centre-backs, I think, are 32 plus, which in normal terms isn't quite old. But considering they've been playing... A lot of the recent years, Vertonghen has had a few injuries. So has Otamendi. Otamendi was also never an every-game centre-back for City either. Yeah, exactly. And now he's going to become that, seemingly, at an advanced age or a more advanced stage. He, he was the captain last game against Boista, wasn't he? He's been the captain for the last two games. Oh, has he? Oh, I've, I've not even... I've not I think it's he just the captain now because Almeida is done. So he may, may well be just the captain now, which is wild. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Jesus picked him as, a, as as the captain, which I think kind of um, pissed off the the Portuguese um, uh, uh, older players at Benfica, such as PZ and and Andrea uh, Almeida. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not our problem. So I don't. No, no, I don't give a five flying fuck. Um, that's so what's uh, what's up, sir? There's a, a good question by uh, the real Alfarensky. What is Roger going to be regarding the request of Ajez? <laughs> what is he going to do regarding the, the AG requests? I think he's going to do what he's been doing the entire time, which is stall, delay, deny. 
<laughs> like Flippy is saying, probably getting rejected. <laughs> that all yeah. sounds awfully familiar. And he like yeah. he had that meeting, and then he pushed it off, and now it's like in a couple months. It's just gonna be like he has a meeting every couple months, and then doesn't do anything. Yeah, nothing's gonna happen. Okay, and go we'll on. Get into, we'll get into it later, but like, yeah, we'll get into it later. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into the uh, the dare I say the definitely the best game of the Emorim era. Is it the best game of the Emorim era? The Kaiser era, the Silas era, and the Ponce era combined? It's not just difficult. A dominating <laughs> performance. Um, 4 nothing win against Sondela. Could have been 11 on another day. Uh, I'll get through the lineups here. So, Sporting started with Adan in goal, Fidel Kowats Netu, um, Nunu Menz and Poru at the what, wingbacks, Balinha and Juan Mario in the middle. Pedro Gonçalves on the left, Tiago Tomas on the right, and Sporad uh, up top. Um, also, we had some cameos from Mateus Nunes, Nuno Santos, Jovan Cabral, and Plata. Um, yeah, so I'll just pass it right off uh, to Steph. Steph, what were your thoughts on this game? Oh, this game was uh, amazing, outstanding. We controlled the game from the get-go. I was very pleased to see uh, Jean-Marc in the lineup. And uh, Sparat, uh, Giovanni is a great player as a winger, uh, not not as a striker. He does not feel comfortable uh, getting the ball um, facing uh, uh, from from backwards, facing uh, the, uh, the the goalie from the opposite team. He's really uncomfortable with that setting, with that setup. You could see it all the time. Uh, he, 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 he was lost in the inside box. He didn't get too many touches. What's for that? He was very deep into it. He's, he feels much more comfortable in that position because that's naturally his, his position as a striker. So he was able to to hold on to the ball, to win more balls, um, and, and, and hold on to the ball and make more plays. And that was the key of success against Tondela. It was John Mario, which is... He makes soccer, football, I mean, I say soccer because I live in America, I'm so used to it. Uh, you know, uh, may believe it's easy to play the way he plays with so, such finesse. Uh, you know, he's so intelligent, holding the ball, poising himself. He's like a maestro controlling an, an orchestra. And he was just impeccable, and that's what we needed. And uh, I don't know if Ruben Amorim was listening to uh, our podcast of Sporting 160 from Portugal or other critics, but you know, by putting João Mario and Sporad was the key, was key of success. And I hope he does the same thing against Guimarães, a tough game on Saturday at uh, at uh, Minho, uh, which started with. So, but you know, overall, great performance. I love the attitude of all the players. Uh, I'll give a, a, a plus to João Mario, of course. Pelinha, impeccable. What a number six. Uh, he's much better than Dumbia and Eduard put together and a couple more I can remember. Um, I mean, you could put, bro, <laughs> Elias in there. You could throw like seven guys together yeah. in there. Oh, I, I, I hate to say it, but I've been, uh, he's a great goalie. Uh, full of experience. He plays well with his feet. I love Maxi, uh, but Maxi being actually 
the backup and learning from him, I think it will benefit him. And if Sporting is smart, they will let Maxi play in the Portuguese Cup, in the Portuguese League. Uh, but I wouldn't take him out of uh, the start of uh, from, uh, from the Liga Nash because Adani, you could tell, he's, he's a complete goalie. Um, and, and we're lucky that we have him uh, because he brings a lot of experience and a lot of confidence to the defense. Vidal the same way, Kouac the same way, Neto is the weakest link. But if you look at the defense, we only suffered four goals and two of those were against Porto. So we're the second best defense against uh, in, in the Portuguese league. So why would Ruben and Mourinho switch the defense if we're doing so great? It would make no fucking sense. So you have to keep it the way it is. Noon Minge, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but he kind of made us forget about an international from Argentina, Acuna. Uh, what a player. What a goddamn player that kid is. 18 years old. And who's talking about Acuna? Me now? Of course, because I just put But nobody rem remembers Acuna no more. That player is the complete package. Uh, for 18 years old, there's players that 18 years old that they can handle the pressure and they have to be loaned to a B team or to a, a, a second division team. But this guy, he, he's, he's young, but he's, he's good to go. So a lot of Sportingists, they, they keep on saying in Portuguese, if he's good to go, why not? It doesn't matter the age. The age. If he's got the talent, let him play. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, Pujo uh, is, a, is a great, great, great player. Uh, getting a loan from him for two years was key because he feels like he's got to give it all. You can see he wants to play in a, in a Spanish A-team, A-squad, so he's giving it at all. And last but not least, I have to give the kudos to to uh, Sporad. Uh, great, great game. And also, Jack uh, Tomash. Even though he didn't play that well up front, but have you guys, did you guys see how he played defensively? He kept the pressure all the fucking time. Uh, we won the ball. We won the ball from them in, the, in, their, in their defensive half so many times. Like, we were just swamping them. He was so fucking annoying. You could see the Tondela defense, like, annoyed with him. And that's what I expect from sporting players to be pressuring, pressuring, pressuring. And that's what I like to have too much. You could be having an off day in the, in the offense, like not good decision making if you should take the shot or cross the ball, stuff like that. But don't forget, he's only 18, so that, that takes time. But his defensive, his commitment to the team, his pressure, keeping the pressure on, was right on, man. And I'll have a player like that on the pitch any day. All, all day long. That's what I got to say. Great game. Four goals. We dominated the whole game. We deserve to win. By One of you guys said 11 nothing. Yeah, I said 11 nothing. <laughs> Probably like eight is more realistic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we did have 26 shots, 15 on target. <laughs> uh, Sam, what did you think? Um. Definitely one of the best performances I've seen in a long time, but I do think it's we don't we shouldn't get carried away. We do have Gimarain's next uh, is it next Saturday or next Sunday, um, which is going to be a very difficult game. It's not going to be the same as Tondela, but for the Tondela game, we played fantastic. I look at our team, 
and compared to recent years, I don't see any sort of weak link. Maybe Neto, but like even when you look at the George Jesus teams, there was always Scalotto and there was Zegla. You could you could point out the weak links in the team. You you have one maybe in Neto, and I think that's about it. Every single player plays well. They play as a team, which we haven't seen in a while. Like especially last year when it was literally Bruno Fernandez take a shot from outside the box every game. It was Bruno Fernandez FC. Now we've got Spora, we've got link-up play from Thiago Thomas, like you said. Um, to me, I'm I'm really excited on what Ruben Amorin's doing. I know it's early doors, but I think the way he's got the team playing, we we could be in for an exciting season. Like Steph said before, Nuno Mendes is absolutely amazing. I totally forgot about Acuna before then. We've got players like you said, Thiago Thomas, who's coming off the uh, who's coming off the B team walk straight into the team. We've basically just got such a young squad and everyone, like Pote as well, is just really exciting. But with that as well, like you said before, the January transfer window coming up, whenever a sporting player plays well, you can expect to see them leave in the near future. Unfortunately, it's just the way it goes. But for me, my boy Sparrow came in clutch for us. He was absolutely amazing. I know he has his doubters, but I think he did silence a few of them. Um, I, there's something I still don't really like about Thiago Tomas, but that's just me. He's 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 shutting me up, and I I can't fault the kid for his performance. He was really good, but um, for me, great team performance, great manager. I think we can do it, boys. I think this this is it. <laughs> this is it. I said at the start, let's not get carried away, but I'm getting carried away. <laughs> Nando. You know, I'm going to piggyback on pretty much what everybody has said. Um, there's just a couple things that I do want to talk about a little bit. First, it was an absolute clinic, right? So what was it, 26 shot on goal? Yeah, 26 shots, uh, possession 63%, uh, tons of shots. Uh, to be fair, they shots. did almost score one goal uh, or two goals, right? They had the one call back, but um, I mean, not really much. Of a threat generated. <laughs> no, Tondela was no threat. Um, even if they had gotten a goal or none, Sporting should have easily scored more than four goals. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to say uh, regarding um, a little bit of what Steph said, a little bit of what Sam said. So in terms of like players that I think by this round, we are able to at least probably all accept have been great reinforcements. Um, first and foremost, Adan. Uh, gives us a confidence level that we didn't have with Max and we haven't had since Rui Patricio. I feel that way. So I 100% really enjoy having him back there. Uh, Luis Neto continues to be, in my opinion, the weakest link on defense. Um, Pedro Pojo is super excited about playing. He seems super motivated. He's young, great pickup. He's sad that it's on loan. But, hey, he's hungry, and I think he's going to continue to have a fantastic season. Um, so then we have two things that, that kind of, this game wasn't a good show in of it, but leaves me a little concerned going forward. So I, I'm still not sold on the three, four, three that, that Ruben Amorim likes to play. Um, if we're going to go that route of a three, four, three, in my opinion, I think like flipping Porro for Neto, really making him that, that right back and then putting like somebody like Giovanni in their rightful spot would make sense. You know, just going for where players should be. Um, Sporad, I have more confidence in him than I do have on Thiago Tomas. However, I'm not 100% sold on Sporad, and I haven't been since he's been there. 
I still think that if we end up being, uh, you know, a, a real contender going into the transfer market, I think we still need to look at getting a solidified striker. I know that the way the Sporting plays, at least on the Ruben Amorim, probably won't yield as many opportunities or goals for their strikers. And that's probably why Ruben Amorim hasn't been playing with strikers in their position. But we've all been on Twitter. We've all been complaining about it other than this game for the lack of starting with a striker. Steph mentioned it. Giovanni isn't a striker. Giovanni does not have to be playing up there. Giovanni does not need to be playing up there. And He's not good at that that's not his spot. There's no point. Realistically, in the only, I mean, Philippe is hurt. So, I mean, realistically, the only true striker on the roster that's available for selection is literally Squadad. Right. And no, I, no, Tiago Tomas no. is, is also. You, is have, you have Marks. He's, he's been called to the bench. Oh, Pedro and, Marks. Yeah, he's been on the bench. You're right. He's been on the bench. And, and maybe Ruman Emurin is the chances are to coach him and to get him used to the pressure to possibly. Uh, use the kid. I mean, he's not trying to using our youth, and I like that. So, I mean, this yeah. was the game to be honest. It's a shame he didn't get him in right in for nothing. He came from which division? From he, was, he was in the second division of Holland, I think, if I recall yeah, correctly. Holland. And exactly. then maybe he might have got his loan terminated and to a first division team, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean. But see, but but like the point is like see how quickly we're all able to kind of chime in and opinionate on that forward striker position, like that's still in in, in my honest opinion is still a no, it's not player. resolved. It's not resolved. You're it's right. Even when we're out, it's not resolved. It's not. And when everything is working well, and when every every pistol is firing just like it needs to, great. But once we start playing, might be against Guimarães coming up, Braga, Porto Benfica again. Uh, Bragas and so forth, and we need a traditional striker. What's up, right? So that's a concern there. But other than that, uh, great game, best game by far, in my opinion, under Ruben Amorim. Fluidity, uh, ideas. I'm so happy Juan Mario played. I think that the Juan Mario Painha combo is going to be maybe another Juan Mario uh, William combo. Jean Mario what a good technically. I forgot how good he was technically. He's just to be he's honest. so confident, man. He's a, he's and, and, a very and, and, and Nando, Nando, listen to this. So let's say Jean Mario uh he's got five, five yellow cards, means he can play for at least one game. Or let's say he gets injured. Who's his backup? My question to you guys. I don't know if he's the starter yet. No, he will be now. Mateus Nunes is his backup then. Yeah, no. which I'm not sold. We don't really have no. a it's not Joel Mario Think about it before That's you That's why say. when we picked up Joel Mario, I believe it was probably either my last podcast or the one before that, I was excited that we brought him in because, in my opinion, he's an untouchable starter on the team, both in age. I think he's only 27. He's young. He's going to be able to He's he's got the experience. Oh, Braganza, 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 you got. But uh, Braganza so is no Joel Mario, bro. Against five yellow cards, it's Braganza. Right. But okay. that's what I'm saying. But Braganza is no Joel Mario yet. No, no, no. I'm saying if Joel Mario gets hurt or gets five yellow cards so and he's got. Then Braganza will come in and step in. Got it. If, so if Perdini gets hurt, who steps in for him? We're going to have to get creative. Braganza or Mateus Nunes. Roll the dice. Or. or, or uh, 
Pedro Mas, Paz. It's Matheus Nunes. Matheus yeah. Nunes is the backup of Parinha and Bragança is the backup for João Mario. I think they're so, a little more interchangeable. I think they're pretty interchangeable, but, they but generally, a lot so generally I think I agree with you, but I think you could, in a pinch, put either one in either Yeah, but with that said, now we have good headaches, which we didn't have it before. Now we have a good bench. I mean, I agree. The bench is deeper than it's ever been. But there's still no strikers. But there is other positions available. I mean, if you consider Philippe not a good choice, yeah, we don't have I good mean, I haven't. He's not. He'll be back soon. Soon enough. And honestly, like, I welcome him back. I'm interested to see if he can do anything. Um, he'll be back overweight, though. What's up? He'll be back overweight. <laughs> he's probably been. Hopefully, he's been working out. I haven't seen a picture yeah, in a yeah. while. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess for I just want to put my two cents in. I thought that the inclusion of Spurad, like just changed the dynamic of the team, and I thought that he was excellent. Like his play was excellent. Like the positioning, his positioning was excellent. I'm glad he got that goal at the end. Not the greatest finish. Um but I mean, I'm sure he'll take that. Had an assist also on the uh, whose goal was that? Was that the uh, the was it the Pothe goal? He squared it. He squared it across. It might have been the second Poth goal. Yeah, um, yeah. So I thought I just want to give the shout outs to Spurad, obviously Gonzalez, third straight man of the match game, two goals, uh, five or five on the season now, right? Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, Thiago Tumash, great. Juan Mario playing in, feel great. Um, Backline, solid. Not much work to do. I, I want to combat what you said earlier about Adan, Steph. I mean, my critique of Adan on the last podcast was that I hadn't seen him come under fire since the Portimonense game. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with you that he's clearly experienced. He's good with his feet. He was keeping it moving um, yesterday. But I have also seen him come out of the goal like a maniac. There was Tondela had zero shots on target. Um, like I, I this was I still haven't seen it. Is what I'm saying. Like I haven't seen him get peppered in a, a month and and have to do anything. So I think that for me the jury's still more out a little bit. Um, but you know I, I think he's he's a good goalie, and um, I I trust him right now. Um, but, uh, I think, well, we're playing game and this weekend. He's probably going to have to do something. So, um, we'll see how he, uh, he handles that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. Glad. Uh, oh, also I met, saw it in the chat, Dan or Johnny from our friend from New York's finest, Johnny Isingeru, uh, said we new new sense, everyone shit on new new sense, but look at him now. Um, uh, I kind of agree. I mean, I shit on new sense a little bit, but. I think that he's played very well, and I think that he's proved to be like a very, very viable option, either starting or or off the bench. I um, hope he becomes one, man, because he was one. Of I mean, I I think he's there now. I've I've position. seen enough. He's viable. He's viable as fuck. Very important player. Very key player. Very key player. Yeah. Um, does anyone have uh, anything else on this game? I mean, it was really just a, a peppering, peppering that. That we don't we don't usually get to see, you know. No, we were all hoping for a game like that. We finally got it. 
Finally. Uh, yeah, I'm very content with this win, but uh, and being first place, but it means nothing. I mean, it's they just, are probably horrible and going to be in a relegation scrap uh, like they always are. <laughs> we should take this for nothing because what pieces we, we went to pass phrases, we went to nothing, and we said, oh, it's a small team, it doesn't matter, and then they lost, and Porto spotted no coup, tres dois. So, so let's let's not uh, you know take our our victories and diminish them. Saying oh, you was against a small team, and then they won against Porto and Benfica. Like well, Benfica was against Porto, we nothing. So who, we who, should, who had no wins on the season, by the way, coming yeah, into the game. We should always say that our wins are valuable, and uh, you know we fought hard for them. We shouldn't diminish our victories. And uh, today, I, I agree. Uh, give, yeah, to, you know, if we win against Guimarães, what what, what Sporting Guise is going to say? Oh, Guimarães consuma mala época e e foi por isso que a gente ganhou. No, we shouldn't be saying about Sporting. You know? We need to. I think, and that's always going to be a Sporting Guise flaw, right? It's like when we have great games, we tend to be a little bit more like conservative with it. Maybe we get too excited when maybe we shouldn't be. So like. We took care of business. None of us here are going to question that. We did what we needed to do. And I think games like these, great teams destroy those teams. I think good teams win maybe 1-0 or struggle and maybe fall back and lose some points. But I think great teams are the going from a good team to a great team, which I hope Sporting goes. We start taking care of these games against these teams that have no business coming to Alvalade and competing. And we go ahead and take care of that. And it was good to see us do that. It was good to see that all of the game, we put it together. Not just I will shout team. out Pedro Trigueta, though. I mean, he did have a mm-hmm. hell of a fucking game. He probably had like 11 saves. I mean, that might be the record for the, the season of saves in the game. I mean, it was going pretty well, right? He didn't concede until like right before like halftime. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shout out to him. Very, very honorable effort. Um by far the best player on his team. Um, so I guess if no one has anything else on this game, Steph, do you want to do the modalities or do you want to do talk about the Betu comments? Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, so you guys may have seen uh, the other day. I'll try to pull up exactly what he said. Um, basically to summarize, he said, sporting is playing liberated or sporting is liberated and playing free without fans. Um, and I mean, this, this comment didn't sit well with me for uh, several reasons. There's also, I guess we'll talk about this one first. Does anyone have any comments on, on these Bethu, uh, on this Bethu He's statement? such a bomb dude. <laughs> he's he's completely been uh, brainwashed by Varandismo or whatever you want to call it, and it it and it's sad because this is the same because I obviously understood what uh, Danny and what we were saying on on the tweets that our former president probably misunderstood, but it was that like this is coming from a guy who was captain. This is coming from a guy who lived a full stadium in the passion and damn knows and understands how important the fan base is. You know what I mean? And to go ahead and just shit on the fan base like that and to say, Hey, look, 
we're probably doing well because we don't have to deal with any of you guys. Like, absolutely uh, unfortunate comments, uh, comments that he probably didn't think out before he said. Maybe you have some more reasons as to why you dislike those comments. Uh, but it, it pissed me off. It really, really pissed me off. Yeah, so I I saw these comments earlier in the day, like maybe around like 10, 11, and I was at work all day driving around for work. And then I kind of th- didn't think about it until like maybe like four or five when I was wrapping up work. Uh, as I thought about it more, it really – like, and this is also the crazy part. So Beto isn't even there anymore. He, for whatever reason, tapped out of – of Veranda's rooftop lifestyle, right? I for I don't know why. Maybe it was a personal disagreement. Maybe he didn't believe in the project. Maybe he wanted to hang out with his family more. I, I truly have no idea why why he left. But so this guy isn't even there anymore. But I think that this mentality that he is demonstrating is pervasive and speaks for many of his former colleagues as well. So it's like I just think that they've lost the plot. Right, because what is this club without fans? Like, what what is all of this for? Like, what do, what are you even doing here without fans? It's like they're thinking, uh, like they've been so brainwashed, or what? Whether the the politics of the moment of them being the anti fan guys is contributing to this. It, I mean, it definitely is. Like, so it's like petty politics combined with like this desire to be these like global business superstars like they don't even think of the club as like a living breathing like thing for made up of people real people um they think of it as like a a corporation like a trademarked entity you know, like they, they, they've been so like this mindset has been so pervasive that like when they talk, it's like a, it's like a, it's like they misspeak or they, they accidentally say the quiet part loud. Like they all think this and he was stupid enough to actually say it. Um, it's so telling, like they, they've lost the plot and they literally don't even recognize the club for what it is. Like without the fans, none of this is even here. There's no money. There's no deals. No one's, there's no stadium. Why is there seats in the stadium? Like with like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really, really, really bad. Um, and it shows how, how far gone it is. Um, I don't know Steph, do you have anything else? No, no, I get it. I, I do understand what Beth was, was trying to say. Um, he's one of my favorite players of all times. Um, I think he was talking out of experience as a as a, foot, a professional footballer uh, that if if a young team is losing at minute eighty seven and all of a sudden the, the public is going boo for them to recover, it's a lot tougher than uh, you know not having that kind of pressure. Um, if I was in issues, I don't think I would have said that. Uh, he shouldn't have said that. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take away the sportingismo of Beto. I don't think he's the verandista because if he was, he would have stayed. Um, I agree. Beto. So that's why it's especially disappointing for him right now. Like it's like he I, walked away. <laughs> and yeah, still- those things that sometimes you know people regret to say it in public, and he shouldn't have said what he said. 
because I agree with you, Chris. Uh, without fans, we we nothing. I mean, this is why we're doing this podcast because we fans. So saying that you know, fans they keep the pressure on the young players, and without with, without the kind of pressure. And also, Steph, let me just interject. As if, by the way, as if the clacks are the only fans that boo or whistle. The people sitting in Central, they never whistle. There's, they never are impatient. Um, it's only the clacks, which is also just insane, untrue framing of the of the situation. Of course, the the clacks in Portugal, and I'm gonna throw in uh, not only the Juventus Leonina Directive 21. You know, and uh, and Juvelero, it's all the clocks in Portugal. Portugal, they over exaggerate, but then when you look at other countries, it's the same way. Uh, so I don't agree with clocks that intimidates fans uh, of other clubs going to the stadium, uh, especially mom, dad, and two kids. You know. A, 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 the venue of a soccer game, it should be that. Families to be able to go and enjoy the game. It doesn't matter if you're sportingistas or benfiquistas or portistas. You should be safe going to the game with your family. I have a wife and two kids. Why should I be able to take my wife and two kids? And why should I be okay with, with someone telling me, Epa, this dia que é o Sporting Porto, não podes levar tua família. But why not? But in Portugal, the mentality is so backwards that they say it's dangerous to go to one of those games. But it shouldn't be. So who do you blame for that? I mean, uh, uh, England, the UK has overcome the hooligans. Remember back in the 80s when they used to be fucking nuts? They fixed the problem. Now any family can go and pretty much in a situation. I mean, I, I think that... I think there's a middle ground stuff because if we're being honest and Sam, I mean, you can definitely speak to this also because you, you live this stuff, but I think the English game, at least the premier league is gone full corporate, right? It's, it's yeah. like the most, it's just a, it's just a machine to make money. Like there's no, like the fans, it's hard to get tickets, right? Like it's just a corporate machine in the lower league. You still have, but any difference between our professional sports here in the, in the United States is the same thing. No, no, it's the exact same thing. Exactly. But if Portugal had the opportunity to fully corporatize like that, I think that they would. But I just don't think that there's the money there. But if they, if the money was there, they would do it in a heartbeat. But, um, but the, I think the, that that's why, Steph. The, 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 way, way, the way that, that, that it is in Portugal now, it's no longer sustainable. As casinos, this and that. It's no longer sustainable. That doesn't help the club. I'm not agreeing agree with Verandas. I think we still need a clock. But why should the clock be given a blanket to curse people out, to intimidate people, to, to create all these kinds of venues that, that it's not pleasant? I mean, you I'll play, be, I'll play devil's advocate here, Steph. They, were, they welcomed the team, the game, yet last weekend. They welcomed the team like it. It's in support, cheering them on at the, as the bus pulled up. And yesterday, at or two or whatever the game Sunday was, you could hear them cheering from inside their kazinha, the kazinha that they're trying to be evicted from by this administration. You can hear them in there cheering, as they should. But that's not they're what I'm still saying. Cheering, you know, like that's not that's not bad. That's just they shouldn't be consuming drugs inside the kazinha. 
they shouldn't allow to be uh, having fans in the, in the same in the same association with criminal backgrounds. I mean, do you agree that the Rubinho that killed our fan, Ufecini, he only got four years in jail? Four years, yeah, four years in jail. Exactly. And why do we have these kind of problems in Portugal? Because they allow it to be. Because they're responsible for, for those fans joining those associations relies on the on the president and vice president of those associations. I mean, perfect time. I mean, this was their, I mean, if they really, like, if they weren't a joke, like, they could have set an example here, right? And actually, like, given that guy a real punishment for killing someone. But if you, if you don't, if you don't punish people for killing people, like, what's the incentive to not kill someone? Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> anyway, let's move on, but, you know, yeah. Well, let's yeah. move on. No, uh, it's yeah. Emiliana uh, from Sporting 160 was asking Max or Adan. So a question for you guys. Adan. Chris. Adan. Right now, Adan. Sam. Adan right now, yeah. I agree. Adan. Nando. Okay, good. Okay, go on. Chris. Although shout out Max getting paid today, finally. Like now he's making like 400k a year, but he's been waiting for that extension since like last December. So like 10 months later, he finally got the deal. Shout out Gonzalo Inacio as well. Kind of came out of nowhere this year. Yeah. He got that full professional deal. Good for him. Um, yeah, I think he'll be uh, an important player in the in the coming years. And he really came out of nowhere. It, it was like Eduardo Cuaresma was the guy we had in our heads, and then we got Inacio too. Out of nowhere, who's also you know very talented center back. He's being smart instead of, of overpaying these players a million point five nine hundred thousand. They they're being careful now. They they say okay one fifty three hundred that's more feasible for our club. Not overpaying them. Yep. Um, Steph, do you want to touch on the modalities over the last? Uh, 48 hours really um yeah, yeah. So they were all canceled just for context they were every all the non-professional sports and amateur sports in portugal were canceled this weekend and so we've had games yesterday as well as today yeah so uh, we uh, our basketball team they played against the immortal and we basically spent time uh, it was a big big Huge game uh, at home. Um, we didn't give them any chance to, to that game. Well game played. We won at the top contenders. Uh, we won a, a comfortable in a comfortable way, 101 to 72. Um, so we, we, we have the edge in the bas in basketball. I think Sporting could become uh, you know champions of Portugal uh, because we do have the better team. Uh, our uh, volleyball team. In the CV uh, Challenge Cup, uh, we won three to nothing against the Germans of Jilson, uh, Jason. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. I'm not German. Um, uh, I do speak German, but I'm not going to say it's only curses. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, what a great victory against Okin Barcelona. Um, 
it's it's uh, it, it's a very tough opponent uh, for those uh, fans that follow the Okin Patins. Uh, we have Sporting, Porto, Benfica, and Okin Patins and Oliveirense. Those five teams are all these top contenders um, of the uh, Portuguese star uh, Portuguese title, and we won three two. So congrats! It's um, it, it was for the seventh uh, round of the Portuguese league. For King Patins. Great victory, very difficult, tough game, crazy game. Uh, in um, in futsal, uh, we spanked uh, 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 Dinam de Saint Jones uh, 14 to 1. So that was an easy win by our futsal, which we remained undefeated. So great game. And for modalidad, that's that's all we have. Um, and uh, congrats to our modalidades, they're doing fairly well. Um, uh, volleyball domestically, we lost against a couple games, tough games. But you know, we already spoke about that. But uh, overall, it's it's been a good performance by by everyone. That's all I got. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess or do we? Um, are there are modalities just not going ahead as normally this weekend? Uh, it's on and off. I mean, it's up to the the the, the, the health authorities. And uh, yeah, so. So the health department, yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I mean, we we just had a couple of games today, so yeah, uh, and yesterday. So we'll see what's going to happen. Um. Okay. So I guess we're about ready to wrap it up here. There, it, there was just one piece of news that for some reason is popping in my head now. Uh, I wanted to bring it up um, because I thought it was wild. I don't know if it's actually true or not, or if it's just fucking journal issue um, from Portugal. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys have seen Moreirense has like two thirds of their squad, uh, infected with COVID right now. Um, and they're talking about making them forfeit their game this weekend. Um, and basically that would be insane if they made them do that. Um, because they, Sporting and Gil Vicente got to have their game moved. I mean, like, why would they? randomly make Moreira's forfeit. So I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not, or if they're just going to have to play with some youth players or if it'll be moved or not. Um, but, um, yeah, that's a lingering problem that will come to a head very soon. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything else uh, about anything? Uh, it's just to get to see us in first, man, and see Porto six points back. <laughs> I'm looking at those standings. <laughs> what are you in the, in the woods or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, it's your Hey, man, there's no shave. <laughs> well, I'm trying to weather this election. Like so I'm gonna be touching no it. shave November, bro. You got a long way to go. No, no. I mean, obviously, I've been growing it before November, but I'm not shaving it in November either. Screw it. Nice. I think, Sammy, you had something to say. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, I was just going to add to the point you lot were talking about, uh, not the actual tweet and uh, not the actual quote by Beto but the Bruno de Cavalli reply um and we also had a lot more replies following that tweet um about not considering Beto a legend but for me is and I think the great thing about football is legends are personal well in my opinion anyway I might have different legends to Chris or to Nano or to Steph but doesn't make them any less of a legend in someone else's eyes but um There's for different me kinds I of legends too um, there's yeah. like the cult hero type of legends, the Bruno's, the Bruno Cesar types, you know, yeah. those guys are yeah. legends in their own rights and for weird reasons. 
Yeah. And um, like oh, we Sam, said before. Sam, 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 look at this. Um, you see my jersey? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good jersey. This way. I'm going the other way. Okay. See, see the back of it. So what do you see? 22. Keep turning. I see 22, bro. Yeah, who, no, was 20, who was 22? From the Italian guy? Nah, it was Bert. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, I, I like Bertel too, my brother. But he shouldn't have said what he said because, uh, you know, it's tough times and it's a young team, but uh, he shouldn't be careful what he said. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 I still consider him a legend too. Don't get me wrong. Nah, I was just gonna say that. Um, yeah, did like, I? I didn't see a problem with the tweet. I don't think any of us saw it as a problem calling him a legend. But um, like we said before, uh, we've invited Bruno to, to come on. Yeah, whether it happens or not, it's a different story. But I think we could all say we would love to have him on. So uh, open invite to him as well. If he, if if Bruno Carvalho comes on, on, on I'm, I'm guarantee you, I'm not doing overtime that shift. Holy shit, I'm getting naked on the uh, Guarantee you, I'm not working that shift. So. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys want to see me naked. I also need him to fuck it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking buy a thousand dollar plane ticket to Lisbon, man. <laughs> and I became a saucy because of him. My son, my father. Uh, we became saucy because of Bruno Carvalho. We heard this message when he was the president, and I valued him as a president. And uh, I can only hope he could come back as a president, for God's sake. At uh, least, at least, let yeah. the man be a saucy again. Yeah, they're doing yeah, him so dirty by not one, allowing so. him to be a saucy. Like it's that shit so disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened, Seeing him as president again, I think, is maybe wishful thinking. But seeing him back at the club shouldn't be too much to ask. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, if anything, he'd be paying a golf well, is like. But what like, do you? <laughs> yeah, but, you don't want his two hundred euros a year or whatever. Yeah. Well, what, <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> Just give him back his uh, saucy status. I mean, I don't know if Fernandez is afraid he will lose in 2022. Uh, I mean, I think that a lot of his moves are based out of the fear of that, such as randomly deciding to care about one of his vice president's domestic incident from two years ago. Um, would be an example of him being very concerned about his adversaries in 2022. So, yeah, man, he is a he's a politician just like any other fucking politician. They're all liars. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, want to wrap it up here? No, you guys still got to talk about the upcoming game against Guimarães. Oh, you're right. Yeah, no, I was gonna say we got elections to get to know. I'm just kidding. Pre official preview of Game of Nice. Okay. Uh, all right, Steph, I'll start with you then. What do you think? It's going to be a very tough game. On the road. On the road, I might on add. Game of Nice went to uh, Pascal They won to Pascal They went to Joe Vicente. They won to Joe Vicente. They went to Bovista. They, they won against Bovista. They lost the derby against Braga, but that's a uh, triple, like we say in uh, the Portuguese uh, Giria. Um, you know, it's uh, and uh, it was an ugly game, and Braga barely won that game. Um, so I can tell you they have some very dangerous players. Uh, the English player, what's his name, Edwards, I believe? Marcus Edwards, yeah. yeah. And then they have um, the, the, the winger that uh, he's been at Guimarães for the longest time, Quaresma. I don't have to fucking say Tell you guys who he is. <laughs> uh, they, they have a great biker, his name is 
hit my, my memory. But Gimenez is fully loaded of uh, great players. They have a good coach, which just came on board. Um, they, the best defense in Portugal, they only have three goals against. So, you know, with that said, the, this new coach that took over Tiago, um, he knows the Portuguese league quite well. He knows uh, sporting well. Uh, the one thing that goes in our favor is that Juven Mourinho is uh, injected a bunch of confidence into our players. We're playing well, but we're going to play against a very tough team, and we have to be in our A game. If we are in our A game, we will win. If we don't play our A game and we make some mistakes like against uh, Vicente, that stupid goal, then we will lose for sure. So um, I'm going to say Sporting's going to win away 2-1. Nando? Uh, I agree, 2-1, to one, uh, tough game, but a good test because it's these uh, not quite the rival games, but always a very hard place to play, whether they have fans or don't have fans. It doesn't matter. Gimenez is a tough team. I sympathize with Gimenez. I'm from the Braga area, so I, I really do sympathize with them. But tough place, 2-1, to one, and I think it's going to be a really good telling for us coming from a 4-0 win and going into the round of first this is going to be the first game that these young Spartan players are going to have a little bit of that pressure to continue to keep their standings. You know what I mean? And I think that's going to be a very big test. I do agree, believe and agree with Steph in a two-to-one win. Sam? <laughs> Make it three to three. I think it's going to be two-one as well. Um, I do have a feeling <laughs> if Corey starts, he's definitely going to score because it's, it's written for us. But um, <laughs> I think... I agree with what they said. Tough game, especially away. Uh, our second true test after Porto. No disrespect to the other teams we played, but this is gonna. This is one of the the make make a team game. But um, for me, I'm gonna go two one as well. Um, I think it's gonna be one of them dirty, scrappy games. So I'm actually looking forward to it. All right, so I'm gonna mix it up. I'm not gonna bet against Sparting because we're rolling right now. But I'm gonna say it's gonna be a one nothing win. Um, Always tough. I feel like whenever we go there, it's always tough. Um, we often leave without the result. Um, I remember we got a late winner, I think, the year that we almost were champions there. Um, yeah, always a tough venue. Going to be a quality team, even if they haven't started at full full momentum. Um, but, I mean, I guess we're the uh, – we got the target on our backs now, right? We're the first-place team coming in there. And, uh, I mean – the the anyone gets fired up to play us, so um, I'm sure they'll definitely be up for it now. Uh, yeah, so I think we win uh, one nothing, and we keep first place for another week. And I I just yeah. have to, I'm thinking far ahead. Second to last game of the year is at the Luge. So just saying, if anybody wants to go to Portugal, see you guys there. Just, <laughs> hey, I'm just throwing hey, it out there. I'm making promise live on on our podcast which we have around 130 views uh, per podcast, which is not bad. You know, I mean, we're, we're up, with, with two viewers. So having 130 is not bad at all. Uh, so if a sport becomes champion of Portugal, I'll be there in May. Uh, I will also promise that if we have a chance. And Sam, you got to be there. 
you're gonna go if we're five points back with two games left because there's a chance we're good at math we're going to come up with a new segment, and the new segment will be uh, our fi final notes. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you before we wrap it up. Final notes. Do you have any final notes? Uh, anything. Fine. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be about sporting. It could be anything. <laughs> Final notes. Uh, no, I don't have. I'll, I'll, I'll generate a final note. Um, As expected. I saw. I, I just think that it's very funny. The cover of Record today. Verandas and these guys are absolutely fucking eating this shit up. They're eating up the first place. The being in the title discussion. The 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 title or the the cover of Record today. Uh, yesterday, if you're in Portugal, um, says, uh, uh, vamos, uh, or Sporting Busca Reforce in Janeiro para atacar o título, you know, uh, which is like the narrative swings that these guys are willing to do in record on behalf, like, Verandas is basically writing these articles. I mean, at least the articles like that at this point, or he's, directly feeding that kind of stuff because it's just like it's so obvious i mean obviously they're they're these guys live and die by the moment so they're living good right now um often the moment hasn't been kind to them and they've kind of felt the heat but i'm sure that they are so fucking relieved with this right now um that they they're just they're the six games in <laughs> they're they're talking about one week it's you know Alcachet to put us in this hole and we're trying to get out of it the next week it's we're we're talking about the title because we're in first after six games i mean it Not is exactly. just is hilarious and we can all see through it so that's good but i feel bad for people that are like buying into that kind of shit because it is just they're just they're just towing the line pulling the narrative you know and that's my final. I don't, no one, I don't think no one is buying into it, but you know, it feels good well, to be in first. Uh, I, I think Michael, I think 40% of fans are buying into it. When the resultados aren't there, and then when the resultados are there, it's suddenly like, Javis, you guys sound fast. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It, it, it's, and I, it disgusts me. The only good news is my, now they live in Portugal, so I don't have to get as pissed off because of the time difference. But so, yeah, Sam, those, are, those are my final notes. Uh, my final notes aren't about sporting, but I know um, you three live in America. I know we've got a lot of American uh, viewers. Um, no matter what your political party is, I just wish you all luck in the, the election. I hope everything goes well for you. Um, you know, everyone may not agree, but I think we all agree that we want the best for each other. So I'm just saying good luck to you guys on, what, on whoever wins. Appreciate that. Thank you. I, I think it's already tainted. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, my final note, I'm going to piggyback on what Sam said. I mean, it's a uh, tumultuous time. Um probably for the next few days still. Um, I just wish, I know we all can have this conversation, but I wish that as a country that we could have a conversation where it's okay for people to have different views yeah. 
and have different beliefs and still understand that that's fine and that's totally okay and that we can every day literally live with that and not be so extremist. Um, that's what we hope to see coming from the next few days. Not probably going to happen, but that being said, though, hey, we live in it. We'll say, we'll say if it happens. I think it could, to be honest. So, and, and uh, okay, so I like that. And I'm going to piggyback off Sam and piggyback off Fernando. Um, so I'm going to tell you really quickly what happened on the election day on the third. So my wife and I, we, uh, I became an American on the 15th of May of 1996. Uh, so it's like a date of birth for me. I'll never forget it. Uh, when I did my oath, I swore that I would defend this country and I would die for this country. And I meant it. It's uh it's what I believe in. Um, and it doesn't matter who's the commanding in chief. It could be Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to follow whatever my commanding in chief tells me. But we went to vote at 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and it was very cold, actually. Was there a line? Freezing, bro. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it was 6.30 and there was a line. Cold, and uh, it took us two hours and a half to vote. Ah. Could have been worse. That's not good, it though. It took me an hour, <laughs> thankfully, but I was freezing the balls up. In a state that we knew from the get-go that, that you know, it, it would be a democratic state, it, it didn't matter if we voted Democrat or Republican, but we knew from the get-go, because in the U.S., they do a lot of service, so we know the ballot, which there's state. There's other stuff. There's local stuff. Yeah. You know. There's the governor, there's the, uh, the senators mm -hmm. and all that stuff, and how reps and all that stuff. Uh, so the, the funny part about all, all this to wrap it up was uh, we were stuck together with the strangers. I, I didn't know the guy on the right, the guy on my left. Uh, but everyone was very respectful. And uh, we spoke with Biden uh, supporters, uh, Trump supporters. And guess what? It was a great conversation. Uh, everyone got along. Uh, nothing happened. Nothing crazy happened. And everyone agreed, and everyone presented their you know, points of views, and everyone was respectful. So now, I, my wife and I, you know, we're telling each other, uh, we just spoke with strangers, and we all got along. Why can't it be this way across America? I think and, maybe and that's, now that you're, you're, that's a good that's point. I think that the examples of us disagreeing may be blown up a little bit more because what you're saying. I, I met a great guy and we talked, we had different views. That doesn't sell papers, you know? These guys are, you know, agreeing and having a good combo, you know? Like, people fighting is, is what sells papers. So I think there's a bit of an incentive. It looks like, like Biden won. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter how he won, but he won. And if he won, you know, we should be respectful and accept it. And that's the didn't way win it yet, should be. And that's it. That's the. I mean, it's leaning like. Yeah, it's oh, looking like it. They didn't. That's it's not a thing for that. Yeah, it basically it's 264 the mail -in votes. votes. And the mail-in votes are back, basically all Democratic for the most part, like two to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yes, I'll admit it. So he's got it. In. And the good thing is, and I hate to say it this way, but the good thing is, the Senate remains Republican, and that's good to keep it balanced. You don't want everything to be in one part of the house. So by having the Republicans control the Senate, we'll, we'll keep the, the country in, in, in balance and the Supreme Court is heavily conservative. So that's good tip. 
So and the house is democratic, three, so it is a mix. It's it's the the president will be democratic, the house, house will be democratic, yeah. will be Republican, the majority, and then the the Supreme Court will be heavily conservative. Yes. So that's a good thing. Keeps everyone everything check and balances because you don't want to go too liberal because for some reason they think socialism is good for this country, but then you <laughs> talk about countries such as Venezuela and. Uh, and uh, such as Chile and countries like that, that has gone south and, and they're struggling now as we speak. So you don't want too much of, you know, liberal. I'm, a, I'm conservative a little bit. <laughs> I love Venezuela. Well, go there. <laughs> Let's see if you come back. You know who else loves Venezuela? Jose Pizzetto loves Venezuela. He's the coach of their national team. Our Portuguese immigrant. Venezuela. Our Portuguese immigrants used to be in Venezuela. They, they were known as great bakers in Venezuela. Uh, also, Danny, the former yeah. Maritimo player. And uh, he's he's born in Venezuela. Yeah. 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 It's, not, it's not good. Anyway, well, enough, enough about fucking Venezuela. That's not a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys is that are we calling it there yeah i think so yeah. all right all right boys thanks for everyone for tuning in shout out everyone in the comments i know danny always reads the names i'm not doing it you, you know you know who you are thank you for coming danny we miss you so thank you for joining Sinead, uh to the real aferensky I hope I'm saying the name correctly. Ricard Neves, Paul Costa, my man Paul Costa from Three Tugas, Flippy. Uh, we have uh, quite a few more names. Hold on, I'm going to give it to you at all. Uh, we have uh, Richard Neves. Uh, we have uh, Lauren, uh, Jordan, Jordan B. Um, um, uh, Michael Casoilo from Three Tugas. I haven't spoken to him in a little while. Carlos Ferreira. Um, couple more names. Mariana Cordeiro Ferreira from Sporting 160. She joined us too. Thank you, Mariana. I just heard your podcast. Great podcast. You guys were right on point. So, you know, thank you to all of our friends. Danny Baldwin from My Job. He's an American. He follows our podcast just because, you know, he hears me doing a podcast sometimes with My Job. So he's always giggling with me. He's a great guy. He's a sporting geese now, he told me. So when I saw that Befica lost against Bovisi, he was happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a Manchester United fan. So. And then 40-20-4-7. Uh, and that's it. That's all we got, man. And Josh Costa, Josh. That's it. The, the, from Australia. Mark Kut. That's it. I think that's it, guys. That's it, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Viva Sporting Club Portugal, number one. Ciao. Ciao, bacalhau.